Welcome, bienvenidos to Chisme That Matters, a Latinx podcast created to redefine chisme by having mindful-ish conversations about topics that matter. And this is your host, Kim Perales. If you cannot roll your R's, it's okay, just call me KP. Hola, hello everyone. Welcome to another Chisme That Matters. And I am excited as usual because I'm going to have an awesome chisme and with a amazing human being and today's chismosa name is Laura and as usual I like for my guests to kind of just introduce themselves because I like for them to talk about themselves right so yeah welcome Laura thank you so much for joining thank you hola everyone so my name like he's like Kim said my name is Laura del Calmen and I am she alpha called CEO and I'm actually uh you know, she also co CEO, partner, and uh, I, we can jump into that a little later. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, yeah. So let's talk about, let's talk a little bit about like Laura. Who's Laura? Yeah, of course. Uh, so <laughs> Laura, so you know what's funny? You know what's funny, Kim? I've, I feel, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I feel like I've reinvented myself so many times and mm. I feel like it changes by, you know, it changes by, episode of my life it changes by como temporada so <laughs> so like I feel like I, I'm always reinventing myself but I can tell you who I am now so Laura del Carmen so Laura um del Carmen is actually my my middle name oh and I was beautiful. yeah <laughs> and I was born in the Dominican Republic I moved to the U.S. I migrated to the U.S. with my mother and my sister at age 14 and like many, many people, uh, it was a cultural shock. I was, you know, I was scared. I didn't want to leave my friends. You know, at 14 years old, you already have like your life. So you think your life made, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so at 14 years old, I was very apprehensive about moving to the U.S. But I knew like deep down it was a good opportunity. Uh, my grandma was already here and, you know, she brought my mom. So, so I embraced it. And I remember, you know, getting out, getting out of the plane and it was February of 2003 and mm-hmm. it was so cold. It was the middle of the winter in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking like, uh, you know, looking um, out the window on the taxi cab ride home uh, to, what, to what was going to be my new home and just seeing how different everyone looked, how, you know, how they dress and it was just a very cultural shock to my system. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I, I embraced it. And, um, you know, I, I went to school not knowing the language at all. I remember my friends, they were bilingual. And they used to say, well, let's speak Spanish so Laura can, can you know, so Laura can catch up and she can understand. And I was like, no, 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 keep speaking English. I promise I'm like by next year, I'm already going to be able to like have a conversation with you. Mm-hmm. So it was like that attitude, right, which I think a lot of us immigrants have of like I'm gonna take the world by you know and just kind of yeah and and just kind of like make the best of it so that was my early you know my early life I my mom is a single mom to my sister and I so I started working at age 14 to help her out and just you know I put myself through college and all that I knew I always had a goal in mind and you know I always felt that in order for you to change the world, like I feel like I want to do big things and change the world, I needed to be in a position of power. So that drove a lot of my motivation, putting myself through college, landing my Wall Street job, then founding She Alpha, and so on, so on. <laughs> mm, wow. That's how, that, I, I like your story. I think I, it resonates. I could identify myself with your story too because I have some a, a similar one, right? Yeah. Um, so when you say, you know, it was a cultural shock. I mean, obviously it's a cultural shock for a lot of people, but it was more of like the environment, right, for you, meaning like, oh, the weather. Mm-hmm. But culturally, <laughs> culturally, like, was it a shock? Besides, the, you know, the language and all that, like meeting people here, like getting to know people, you're like, oh my God, I, I don't know. This is this is so different. Yeah, it was so, you know, in DR, I was in a, so my mom was actually came here first and in DR I, I was in a in a good position I would say like you know I was going to a good school I you know I had my friends already and just things like people were usually really helpful and you know everybody just kind of was on the same page 
when I came here, it was like, you know, I was considered to be under the poverty line, right? So mm-hmm. I, I didn't have a lot of clothes for school. So going to school as a teenager and everybody's like, has the latest and greatest. And you're like, oh God, I can't even like <laughs> keep up. Like my mom barely has money to like, you know, pay the rent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, cause that in your head, you know, the idea that you have of the US when you're from a third world country like DR, mm-hmm. it's like the movies, right? You're like, oh, you know, you find money on the street and, you know, everything is just like so beautiful and and things are easy. So that's the idea that I had of the U.S. Like, you know, people just live this beautiful life and and things are very easy. And that was very shocking to my system to know like, oh, no, we're actually poor. (laughs) And, you know, and I we barely have money for anything. And in school, the kids are usually mean. Right. Or or like they're Mm -hmm. they don't want to talk to you because you don't speak Spanish. Although, I mean, because you don't speak English or they'll make fun of you and things like that. So leaving like my comfortable life in DR to come and experience that, it was definitely a cultural shock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like you, you like you said, you were in like in a, in a good position over there. You were living the life, right? Yeah. And then coming here, it's kind of like, oh, you downgraded in a sense, right? Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it sounds, it sounds horrible, like the way I'm saying it, but it, it, that's, I think that's the experience that a lot of, you know, a lot of people have, you know, um, mm-hmm. I, I was fortunate that, you know, like I, I was basically, you know, I, I grew up in Ecuador and I graduated high school and everything that I came here for college. So I was fortunate to have my aunts here that were already established and all that. So, you know, I didn't really have to struggle when I got here. The only I say struggle that I had was probably the language a little bit, but um, mm-hmm. like you, you know, I was like, no, I want to learn. Like I started reading everything, you know, in English, watching TV in English. And then I started, I didn't start college right away because it was February, you know, and, and there was like a, like, um, it was a winter break or something. I was late. Yeah. I was late for the semester. Yeah. So I had to wait like after the summer and, but then I got a job and all that. So for me, it wasn't so much of a cultural shock to be honest, because I really liked the idea, the concept of like being independent, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, in our countries, you don't, you don't leave the house until you get married or you don't yeah. start working until you have like a degree, right? Exactly. So, uh-huh. and, and you don't get jobs like you get here in like in McDonald's or a little store or something like that, right? Yeah. So for me, I was like, yes, I'm going to work. I'm going to have my own money. So I love that. I love that. And I was just like, I'm ready. I'm ready. I was ready. So, and, and yeah, so unfortunately that I would have my two aunts and and they had friends and I didn't really have friends at that time and everything. So I didn't have that shock that you had because I didn't didn't feel it. I didn't feel it direct. It was like, for me, it was like a transition. Little by little, I started seeing people. And then I went to community college, you know, you know, Mm -hmm. community college. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of Latinos there. So I started going to the Latin American sort of association, you know, so I was I was literally with my people. So I didn't really feel that, you know, yeah. uh, the only time that I felt a certain type of ways when I started working in a, um, in a town that it was predominantly like, you know, Caucasians. Right. Yes. And I, I did feel at some point a little bit of discrimination, but you know, I've always been the type of person that uh, people can say things and I'm just like, all right, you know, whatever, you know, yeah, um, yeah. unless you, if you're attacking me is one thing, but if you start attacking my family and my friends, that that's another thing. <laughs> that's yeah, another thing. <laughs> yeah. So, so it was a little bit different. So I, I always like to hear stories of like, you know, um, Latinos that come or any immigrants that come and and just to see like how they they felt when they came to this country and, and i'm sure everybody was yeah. scared i was scared too like i was just like you know like i'm going to this place where i have no friends my mom is not even here you know yes i had mm-hmm. two aunts but it's not the same i, I didn't grow up with them so yeah. it's always that fear but you know what i love about us that we're resilient exactly and exactly. we just have to you know if we have to you know we have to like go and 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 roll up our sleeves and do what we got to do to make it happen we do it yeah so. exactly and to that point of like getting getting to work at an early age i agree like i started working at 15 years old and i remember at that point i was playing basketball and volleyball in school 
um, you know, just to to be, I always like to be doing things and be occupying and get myself busy. Um, and I saw my mom struggling. I was like, why am I wasting my time playing basketball and volleyball when I can be helping my mom? And I knew that the working age was actually 16 here in Jersey. So I went to Newark <laughs> to one of those clothing stores. I don't know if you know where VIMS, like one of those um, yes, clothing I stores. Know. On, the, on the main, on the main <laughs> street, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I remember I went there and I was like, oh, are you guys hiring? And the guy was like, yeah, um, you know, we are hiring. And, you know, how old are you? And automatically I was like, if I say I'm 15, I was actually 14 when I was inquiring. Um, he's not going to hire me. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'm turning 16 soon. <laughs> and, um, and you know, he gave me a training We and I started working like a week after. And by the time he found out I wasn't working age, he was like already too invested. And he was like, okay, just don't tell anybody. And, you know, and we'll, we'll make it work. And then it, eventually I turned 16 and it was fine. But that was such a big accomplishment for me because I was able to like help my mom mm-hmm. and feel like I was contributing to the world. And then from there, I feel like that started my work ethic. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. And and I feel like that, you know, I feel identified with that as well because, you know, although my mom was not here when I when I came to United States first, mm-hmm. um, she came a few years after. And for her for her was the culture shock because, you know, she she was she used to live here like years ago, you know, and she was yeah. working. She was with my dad at that time, but then they got divorced. So, but then when she was in Ecuador, she had a good job. Like she had a really good job. And unfortunately, um, you know, we had a situation where she had to come here and then they didn't let her go back because mm-hmm. something with her visa and her green card it was a whole situation. So we had to make the decision to see if like she either, if she went back to Ecuador, she was going to lose her green card. And uh-huh. um, yeah. And then the thing is that my, my, my brother my brother was still in Ecuador and the plan was for him to come here uh, as well, right after he yeah. graduated from high school. So the only person, I mean, my sister and I, we could have like kind of, uh, you know, like, como dicen, pedirlo, right? Uh-huh. But the thing is, at that time, I, I, I don't think I was a citizen yet and my sister was, but it's harder to do it like siblings to siblings as opposed to like, you know, parent to 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 child, right? Yeah, so, yeah. My mom had said, you know what? I want your brother to come here too. I don't want him to miss, to, to miss the opportunity. And so she had to make the decision to stay. And that was like a whole change for all of us because I was living by myself for like six years mm-hmm. already. And then my mom, I love my mom, but then not having someone, you know, living with you is, it's, it's, yeah. it's a lot. And then she started like, you know, she, she feels so... Because she wasn't working, we couldn't find her a job right away, right? And yeah. um, she was at home. She was doing everything, the laundry, this. I'm like, Mom, I could do my own laundry. Like, I appreciate <laughs> her. Now, trust me, I feel bad because I was like, Mom, she's like, she'll bring me breakfast to bed. And I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's the shock, right? After being independent, like you said, and having all the freedom. And then you're like, okay, I'm back to kind of living with my mom. And she's trying and, to do everything for me. <laughs> yeah. And then things people say, yo, you got to be grateful. And I was like, I am. It's just that it's so weird. Like, I'm not used to people doing stuff for me anymore. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's weird. I don't want her to. She doesn't have to. I'm at that time I was like, what, 25, 26? I don't even know. But the point is that, yeah, for her it was a culture shock because obviously she had a good job. Like she had it like you, you know, we were, you were fine in DR mm-hmm. and then come to this country. She had to start by, you know, like getting a job by cleaning, you know, cleaning uh, buildings and office. Yeah. Yeah. And I respect and I honor every type of job. You don't get me wrong. But for her yeah. going from like the job that she had, you know, she was an executive at that, at the company in, in, coming here she had to change her life completely and that happens to so many immigrants like Mm -hmm. so so for me like I said life was easy in the art but I didn't know why my life was easy so my mom was here for a year before we came before my sister and I came and she used to send us you know money uh, put us into good schools meanwhile she was here cleaning um, airplanes so that's Mm -hmm. what she was doing like at the Newark airport 
and I didn't I didn't know, right? Like all I knew was like, oh, you know, I have it good here. I'm going to a good school. I have everything I need. I have pancakes for on Sundays because that was like a big thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, having pancakes. Um, <laughs> so because they don't, she used to send us the mix because they didn't really yeah. have it in VR. So she used to Aww. send us um, that. Did you, you, you know. love that when people will send you stuff <laughs> from the United States and you're like, oh my God, I'm having that. Yeah. It's like a luxury, right? It's like having exactly. McDonald's or something. Then you come here like, oh, it is what it is. You exactly. Know? Exactly. So many things that we take for granted here. But my point with the with that whole thing is that so my one of my aunts, she she was actually like a university dean in DR. Mm-hmm. And she came here and she was like working in factories just because, you know, so my point with that is that we see that repeated so many times, like over and over with immigrants. And at the end, I guess it does work out because you end up having a better life for your kids, for future generations. And, you know, you kind of try to achieve that American dream. But at at first it is the cultural shock for a lot of immigrants. Yeah, it is. And it is very difficult. And that's one of the reasons why, like, you know, I, I, I decided to, you know, because I could be like, you know what? Okay, mom, I'm going to live on my own and I'm going to help you out and everything like that. But even until this day, you know, I'm still with my mom. Like my siblings yeah. left already the house, like, because eventually my siblings came too. So it was a full house. So that's another oh, story. Awesome. And yeah. I was, yeah, it was, all, it, yeah, it was awesome. But you know, like we said, like, you know, you grew up with this, this, this people, you know, and then you're like, okay, <laughs> Bye guys. I'm going to another country. I'll see you when, you know, when you graduate and then yeah. you live on your own for so many years and then you have a full house again. And I mean, it was just like a, maybe like a, it was not a complaint. It was more kind of like a, it was, it was, it was changing. It was like, yeah. Adjust- yeah, it was, it was an adjustment, especially because now we're adults. Yeah. You know, last time I saw them, I was 17. My sister was 14 or 13 and my brother was like 11 yeah so then when they came here we were adults already so it's like we're different yeah yeah absolutely different personalities and everything but well the point is that you know they they left and then you know I could have been okay mom you know now you're working everything but until this day I just feel like my mom did so much for us you know when we were little that Mm -hmm. I feel like it's my duty to to still be with her you know you know, it's funny you say that, and this is going to take us on a whole another route, but um, one of the things that I've learned about this year is um, there's this syndrome, I forgot what it's called, but it's basically if you're the oldest girl in the family, you always feel that you have the responsibility of the family, especially when it's, um, you know, like what they call a broken home. In my case, I was uh, my mom was a single mom, and I, I'm the oldest of two. And I always felt like it was my responsibility to take care of my mom, to, you know, to do all the, all the, I guess, all the duties that, that yeah. you're supposed to do and things like that. So that responsibility kind of fell on you. Are we, doing some, are we doing shadow work right now? Because I have like, I went on a whole rabbit hole the past couple of weeks that I've been just like, you know, like, I think I need therapy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And this is yeah, and this is something that Jenny and I talk about uh, all the time on the She Alpha Co podcast. We talk about like if we had millions of dollars, we'll hand out free therapy for everyone in the world because you don't have to be crazy to go to therapy. No. Like, no. you know, you just need to work out your traumas and and things like that. So, so yeah, but that's I forget what the my therapist called that, but it's um it's something about being the oldest girl in a in a dysfunctional family and how you feel responsible for everything around the family wow that's uh wow like i it, it makes so much sense I'm yeah like, obviously, yeah my family was broken i mean you know, it was divorced <laughs> although i didn't i didn't really have like uh you know it, it, it is funny because when my parents got divorced i was 10 years old and i've always been very very sensitive with you know energies like mm-hmm. I just, I just pick up energy. It feel something feels off. I'm just like, mm, this is weird, you know. Yeah. Um. And and even as a as a young girl, I will feel that my that relationship between my parents were it was not this loving. You know what I mean? Like it was. Not, yeah, you're very intuitive. Yeah. Oh, I felt it, and honestly, like I for in my head at ten years old, I'm thinking, why do do they separate? Why are they yeah. together? You know, and a lot of kids at that age want their parents to be together. Yeah. You know, 
uh, me, I was like, why are they still together? So when my my dad came to us, to our the, our, our, the three, the, you know, my three siblings, my two siblings and I, he told us, hey, you know, we're separating, we can divorce, you know. For me, it was like, oh my God, finally. You know, it was yeah. such a relief. My sister got traumatized, you know. Yeah, <laughs> she was this yeah. rebel person, and that's what usually happens, right? And yeah. my brother didn't know better because he was three years old. So I'm like, wow, like I, I did understand the, you know, like that whole concept of like, okay, you know what, when two people are not no longer, you know, in, in sync or they're, they can't understand each other because it's more about understanding and, and yeah. just love, right? But it's like, that's it, call it quits. You know, for me, it was like, you know, you don't have to be together. And I was at peace with that. I was at peace with my parents being, you know, being like separated. Yeah. Now, uh, and then the funny thing is that there's also like another concept and, you know, psychology where it's like people become, I think it was, is it the, the word is like hyper independent? Is codependent. It, codependent. Yeah. No, no, it's not that, it's not that cold. It's not independent. It's like the opposite. It's when you're too independent. I don't know. What's oh, okay. It's not you know, codependency, right? Like we're. No, no, no. No, it's okay. Yeah, Maybe. no. It's hyper, it's a hyper, um, yeah, it's like, hyper, like it's hyper dependency. Yeah, because codependency is when you depend on another person, right? Yeah, yeah, when hyper, your family depends on you and, and things like that. Yeah. Yes, but hyper independence is when you're a person that it's like, oh, I don't need nobody. And that's because mm, that yeah. developed because of trauma too. Yes, yes. So I developed that in a sense because I feel that, you know, I saw my dad leaving. I saw my mom struggling, right? Even though she picked up herself and started yeah. working full time and all that, like she she showed me, you know, like the the image of you know of hard work, right? She was my superwoman. Yeah. And I wanted I wanted to yes. be that. Yeah. I, I had that hustle and me however because I saw her struggling too and she didn't really had you know a lot of time to spend time with us and all that you know I in my head I guess I was like you know what when I grow up I don't want to depend on nobody I don't want to struggle like my mom did so me when I came to this country it was like oh yeah I'm making my own money you know and I was (laughs) like depending all this and that and then with time, I started understanding that that independency, yeah, is it could be good, okay? Yeah. But at the same time, it could be a little bit damaging and toxic, especially in relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I have encountered, you know, with partners where I'm just like, I don't need you. Like, yeah. I really don't. <laughs> and then I, and, but then I started understanding this. Like, it's not about needing someone. It's more about, like, really wanting someone. Yeah. But I think, like, I was mixing things kind of like, oh, and I was showing kind of like, oh, I wasn't interest, interested, right? Yeah. So now, you know, I'm aware of that. I'm really aware of that. I'm just like, I can't be doing that. But then I started, like, getting to, getting into, like, the whole hyper-independency um, syndrome in a sense that it's because of, of child trauma. Cause yeah, you, it is. You know, yeah. you can't trust people. You know, mm-hmm. they're going to be like, okay, like you can't depend on people. So you want to try to do everything yourself. Like you don't ask for help. You don't do this, this and that. And and that was me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and I feel I, I completely identify with you on that because I'm the same way. Like I saw my mom, um, you know, struggle and kind of like, you know, she was my warrior too. And, and to me, it was like, I'm never going to depend on a man. And I remember, I remember having a conversation. So I met my husband very, uh, very young. We met in um, high school, but I remember having a conversation with the with the friend in college, and he was like, "You're you're the type of woman that don't let a man be a man." And I was like, "Wait, what? What does that mean?" Right? And he was <laughs> he was kind of speaking to the fact that I was maybe too independent, that I had too much, um, you know. I was putting out too much of a front, like this misindependent thing. Um, mm. So it came off in a really bad way, but I kind of understand what he was getting at, right? Yeah. <laughs> and wow. it goes back to how that whole misindependent. And I, it, to this day, like my husband and I are a partnership and I worked out a lot of my traumas, like I was saying. Um, and, you know, we are a partnership, we're our equals, but there's times when I'm like, you know, I don't need you. <laughs> Just like you, like I'm like mm-hmm. I can do my own thing, or you know, 
But it's it's just like realizing that all of those are either childhood traumas or things that you just have to work out and understand that to be in a relationship with someone, you need to just want their help. It's okay if you don't need it and kudos to you, right? The, the whole woman empowerment, um, I'm all about it. But understanding that together you can arrive at a better at a better option a lot of times. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And that's one of the things that I, I feel like I've been really like I've been doing like some shadow work, right? Mm-hmm. And oh my god, girl. That has <laughs> been a right. I don't know if it's because we have just we had an e- eclipse like last week and we're be- I don't know if you believe in astrology, but it's like so much energy yeah. going around, right? And I believe and in energy big time, yes. So I have a friend and she's going through the same thing. I have a lot of people that are like feeling a certain type of way. So I'm I'm a big I'm a big believer in collective energy, right? So I with the shadow work too, I've been discovering a lot of things that I'm just like, oh my God, Kim, like really. So I now I'm I feel at peace because I am understanding a lot of things that I may have not liked about myself, but I try to put a band-aid and mm-hmm. do things to not deal with it. Yep. And not in a damaging way. It was more kind of like, oh, I will try to stay busy or I'll try to stay, you know, I'll try to travel. And I mean, I love to travel. It's not that it's it's bad, but it's like, yeah. I would try to like, como taparlo, you know, like try to cover it, you know, so I don't deal with it. And now I I'm, feel dealing, it, yeah. I'm dealing with every single emotion and <laughs> it feels, it feels, it, it felt in the beginning, very, very strange. Mm-hmm. very foreign because I always put feelings on the side and I'm always being so driven so like career oriented that I'm like bah, 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 right yeah, so now putting the emotions it's like wait what is happening Kim like why are you feeling why are you crying yeah yeah <laughs> and but understanding that right and understanding where it all comes from right um, yeah. and, I, and so, so, and I know we went in a whole different direction, but hey, you know, the reason why I started, so I never like, again, Dominican family, they don't believe they're like, oh, tu ta loca, this and that. Mm-hmm. So they don't believe in, in going to therapy or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started going to therapy when I had my baby because mm-hmm. I feel that I had a lot of trauma and generational trauma that I didn't want to pass on to him. Um, mm-hmm. And I was also struggling with like uh, postpartum anxiety and uh, OCD. And it's just, I didn't, I didn't feel like myself. So I was like, okay, I've always been, I, I'm very type A personality. So I'm like, if I have an issue, I need to go to someone that knows how to fix it, fix me so I can get a move in. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go to this therapy thing. She's going to fix me. And then I'm going to continue on with my life and doing what I have to do. And oh my God, what an awakening that was. She started like uncovering things. And I'm like, wait, I didn't come here for that. (laughs) Like, why are we talking about that? I'm telling you that I'm not feeling like myself ever since I have my baby. So let's deal with that. And she's like, no, no, no. And she's amazing. I mean, now I only see her like, whenever I need her but uh, <laughs> uh, but um you know she was like let's talk about your childhood let's talk about all these things and I was like what does that have to do with anything and it's to to that point right like uncovering that generational trauma that you could just keep passing on that my mom passed on to me and her mom passed on to her and so on and so on um and just dealing with those feelings like one of the things was um I felt embarrassed for crying like I felt like I was very emotional and like mm-hmm. I, I said before, I work in a men's world, right? Like Wall Street is as cutthroat as I guess. Mm-hmm. And when I was when I would get upset at something, I would have to like go into a conference room and like cry it out, <laughs> and I would feel so embarrassed, um, you know. And she was like, "It's okay to deal with your emotions. Like that's just your, you know, you're expressing yourself. Like there's nothing wrong with crying." Like you can cry it out and, and that's okay. And it's just like giving me permission to feel my emotions to your point, right? Yeah, it's yeah, giving it's like giving yourself permission because we yeah. don't want to. We're like, no, what's wrong? I don't got time for that. I don't mm-hmm. got time to feel. But I think like now that I'm feeling so deeply, <laughs> yeah. I'm just like I I am really embracing it. I'm I, I'm really I feel like I'm respecting myself more too. Yes, yes, and absolutely. Respect 
and and awareness you know it comes love because you know a lot of people talk about self-love self-care that but Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people have the concept of self-love a little bit like you know it it's 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 not um I I guess it's not sustainable you know um Mm -hmm. and and, and and it's okay. I mean, everybody goes through the process, but at the same time, it's like, are you really self-loving yourself? Like, yeah. like really, really? Because I feel like self-love, it also comes with, you know, being honest, brutally honest with yes. yourself. Yes, it's and having boundaries. And having boundaries, exactly. Mm-hmm. So many things go into it. And I think like me knowing what I'm, when I'm doing wrong and accepting and be like, you know what, I, I messed up, you know, and, and that's, that's not who I want to be. Even in relationships, like now, you know, I, I am, I'm with someone and, and I always, and we have like great communication and I tell him, listen, like, if I say something that hurt you, like, let me know, because maybe yeah. I didn't realize it hurt you. So I have to like, kind of put myself in check too. Yeah. And that, and that's me being, you know, self-aware, you know, instead of like, playing games would be like oh no I'm mad at you and you should know this no no like let's communicate you know mm-hmm. so I feel like it's been helping me tremendously tremendously with communication absolutely so- and communication is key in every and every aspect of your life so for example with my husband we you know I used to bottle up my emotions and just like mm-hmm. he'll do something I'll bottle it up and then I'm like a month later I would like explode be like you remember this day that you did this this and that and one thing one thing that I learned is that you need to deal with things as they happen and that open communication like hey I didn't like this and you know and talking it out and it's just been amazing and it comes the same thing with my business partner with my best friend of 17 years Jenny um with she Alpha Cone. one of the things that we did one of the first exercises that we did when she approached me to go into business with her for she Alpha Cone was a boundary right and a boundary exercise and we said I said okay you know from 6 p.m to 8 p.m I'm unavailable because I'm putting the baby to sleep and that's my time to spend with him um you know from this time to this time I can't do this and then we said okay what's gonna happen if we have a disagreement how are we gonna deal with it and that has been tremendous right like talking honestly with each other uh keeping it real and not being afraid of like someone taking things personal or getting their feelings hurt because we know that we don't have a bad intention behind it. So that has been crucial communication with uh, dealing with she alpha and dealing with my marriage. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, I'm in the same boat with you, like with everything and with everyone I'm trying to be like, all right, like, let's talk about it as opposed Mm -hmm. to living, you know, living in that space where you hold things you know, you bottle things up, right? Yep. And and because at the end of the day, it's you up alive, you mm-hmm. know, and it just changes everything. And I've been in situations where I have done that, you know, where I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna say anything because you know, it's like you're walking on eggshells and all that, right? And it's like, yeah. why? Like, just let's just communicate openly. Like, yeah, maybe you're not gonna like what I'm gonna say because you didn't, you don't experience it the same way that I am. But at least let's acknowledge, let's respect each other's space and time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think that's a, that's a beautiful thing in every type of, you know, relationship, you know, even at work and everything, you know, um, mm-hmm. it's it, it, setting it those healthy boundaries. Um, and that's another thing, like, I didn't even know what boundaries were before I started going to therapy. And it's because like, and a lot of our, um, you know, Latino culture, like there's no such a thing as boundaries. Like, what do you mean you're going to close your door? And what do you mean you're, you don't have time for me? Like you always have time for your mom, like things like that. Right there's no at least in my case there was no such a thing as boundaries in my family and just when I understood what that was I was like oh boundaries for everybody <laughs> you, you know? get a boundary you get a boundary and you yeah. get a boundary <laughs> exactly you know it's, it's just like oh really this is what people do I'm about to like put this in place right now and it's mm. been great like just setting boundaries with everybody and like this is my space this is my time this is when I'm going to talk to you and it's you know at work and things like that this is when I'm available um so it's just been wonderful Wow. Yeah. So how was it with, with work? Because, you know, like you, how long you been in Wall Street? Uh, eight years. Eight years. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I am curious to know about that, this whole experience. So how do you, like, so let's just talk about like, what exactly do you do in Wall Street? And like, how, how did you feel like your, your experience has changed, you know, like uh, as, um, 
as a career woman, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you have boundaries back then when you started and like, or you started doing it after, you know, you discovered what a boundary was. Yeah. So I had no boundaries at that point. I mean, when I graduated college, I was on like the hustle, like full on hustle mm-hmm. mode. Um, I, you know, while I was in college, I was, I was working two jobs. Then it was one job, 40 hours. I was taking 18 credits. Uh, I joined a sorority. I actually founded a sorority. Um, oh, you know, which one? Uh, Sigma Lambda Gamma. Really? Wait, <laughs> wait what college? Uh, Newark. Oh my gosh, I'm an LTA. Oh, how wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of LTAs from Newark. That's so cool. I'm like so happy. Like I did see, I was like, okay, you did mention something sorority and I was gonna ask you, but now you mentioned I was like, oh, okay, that's awesome. So yeah. you found it in two thousand in which year? Two thousand ten. So I was like okay. I was a, yeah, I was the founding captain in two thousand ten. And and I say and, and it was a wonderful experience because it like I feel like I already had discipline, but you know, mm-hmm. like when you go through and especially a multicultural sorority, like the discipline is just like crazy right (laughs) but um you know I founded a community that was my first experience of community of sisterhood which is a lot of what I do at She Alpha now but but yeah so going back to my my um we can get into that a little bit later but going back to my Wall Street experience so I came out of college with that full-on hustle mentality and I'm just gonna do what it takes you know it's just like that rat race and yeah and I I entered um you know, I interned with a group of financial advisors and I'm like, I love this. This is how people make money. And, you know, coming from nothing, you're like, oh, wow, this is amazing. So going into my my Wall Street as an analyst, I went in as an analyst in 2013 and it was like, I'm going to do whatever it takes. Like, you need me to work till midnight? I'm here. <laughs> you know, like, you need me to wow. do this? It's just like, I didn't see a lot of women I didn't see a lot of Latinas. I didn't see people that look like me. And I'm like, I have to like prove myself, right? Because mm. nobody else has done it before me. So I kind of right. have to work harder and, and things like that. So I would say for the first six years of my career, I burnt myself out basically. Like I was just, give, I gave it my all. And, um, you know, it paid off. Like I got promoted. I'm a, I'm a senior vice president now and I got promoted super quick. I climbed the corporate ladder super quick. Mm-hmm. And I think it was uh, because of that hustle, right? Like my, my superiors at that point, they saw that hustle. They saw that I care. They saw mm-hmm. that I, just like all Latinos, right? Like we want to do a good job. We want to kill it basically. And, mm-hmm. and that was my experience going in. Now it's a little bit different because, you know, I understand that it is important. I love my career, uh, but I'm also a full-time entrepreneur now with She Alphaco. And I also have other priorities too. I have my son who's two years old, is going to turn two years old in January. I have my marriage and my husband has always been super supportive. Like, like I said, we met in high school at 18 years old. We've known each other for, you know, over 16 years now so he's been there with me through that growth period and and he's seen me develop into the woman that I am today and and going back to what's different from when I first started on Wall Street now I have boundaries right so going back to those boundaries now I'm not gonna stay till midnight every single day if I have a like if I have a if I have something that needs to be delivered let's say the next day or it's an important project that we're working on. Yes, I might work until midnight, but it's not. Ex- I'm not putting those expectations out there um, for every day. Mm-hmm. And I'm also taking my full-time vacations. Like a lot of people that I work with, they're like, oh, you're taking vacation again? Like we get four, we get five weeks of vacation. I take every single day plus more, <laughs> you know, um, because you're not going to get that time back. And, I'm, mm-hmm. and I use the time to travel with my family like yeah. we, my my husband and I, we have been to over thirty five countries together. That's awesome! <laughs> yeah. Wow! And it's just like that's time that you're not gonna take, that you're not gonna get back, right? Like living your life. So that I would say that's was different from when I first started my Wall Street career to mm-hmm. now. Like now, I'm not willing to burn myself out myself out to the to the ground. You know, like now I have boundaries and I understand when is time to put in a lot of work and when is time to like take a step back and say, okay, I'm not busy at this time. Let me work on things that I enjoy or let me 
travel let me do this and that Mm, wow and you know i don't want to i don't mean to go back to but i i know because when you started saying about like oh you have to prove yourself right Mm -hmm. i feel like to tie it back with the old child syndrome right Mm -hmm. yeah uh, oldest child syndrome yeah it's also because as as you know we're all the oldest child we always feel like we have to prove ourselves yeah we always have to and and that and that's when it comes like the overachievement yeah exactly like just like showing off and then yeah yeah not even like showing off so much it's more about like you know I could do this like I have to I have to be able to succeed you know because I have to make my parents proud you know exactly because we always we always had the the weight on our shoulders like as the oldest you know because we had to take care of our siblings I don't know about you but like I I had to help my mom with my siblings Mm -hmm. same here back in Ecuador you know like I had to cook I had to learn how to do this I had to you know all these things that now thinking about it you know because back then I didn't think about at all like it didn't bother me it just came naturally I guess I had to help mom that's it period but then now I'm like yo like I was doing all these things and that's why maybe I think in in my head I'm like maybe that's why I don't feel the need to have kids (laughs) I feel like I was already a mom (laughs) at a younger age I'm just like I can't do this you know so it's it's crazy and like I I experienced the same thing as you that I was crazy with work I I needed to I was there six o'clock seven o'clock in the morning I would be there at eight p.m. if I had to you know like if I had to go here they're like yo me mataba yeah you know yo me mataba yeah. I will I thought that the more work I will do the more like that was me showing my passion or showing my you know what I mean my dedication but it, mm-hmm. it was not it was it was I was burning myself out. Yeah, yeah. And and that whole thing with the siblings the same. My sister's two years younger. And at a very young age, my mom used to be like, okay, take care of your sister because I'm going to work. Um, So you feel that responsibility. You feel like that ship on your shoulder to to do to make something of yourself. And it's worked for me. Like, you know, I've always been a very, um, like I said, type A personality. I've always had that ship on my shoulder. I've always, you mentioned earlier, keeping yourself busy to not deal with your traumas, not deal with your emotions. That was definitely me. Like I never gave myself and still now I try to like be better about it, but I never gave myself a minute to like, just relax. Like when my therapist first told me to just like, she's like, what do you do for fun? Like, and I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> she's like, well, <laughs> and she's like, do you like sit down and watch TV? Like, what do you do? You Do you just relax? And I'm like, well, if I watch TV, I have to be doing something else productive. Like I have to be folding the laundry or something to feel that I'm not like slacking off. And she's like, oh my God, we have a lot of work to do. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's just like, I didn't know how to relax because I was always on that like, go, go, go mode. Yeah, no, the same here. And even now, I feel like I'm trying to really put boundaries with myself, right? Mm-hmm. It's like I'm my I'm my own my my worst enemy in a sense because I could do I I'm okay with people. I I could say no to people, right? I'm great yeah. at that. But with myself, I'm just like the same way. It's like oh, watch TV, this and that. But lately, I've been you know what? The other day, I was I came home. I was really tired, and I'm like I'm not gonna do anything. I'm not going to work anything in the podcast. I'm not going to work on my thought. Nada. Yep. I just sat down on the couch, change, sat down on the couch, watch the Selena series. <laughs> oh my God. I have to finish it. So far, I'm loving it. <laughs> people are, you know, people are talking a lot about it. And honestly, like, I don't appreciate it, the activity <laughs> <laughs> because I understand what I understand their point, but it's not that bad. Okay. It's not that bad. Yeah. Um, anyway, we can do, we can do another episode about that. Oh, okay. but, yeah. <laughs> But the point is that, yeah, so it's like, especially with the society that is all about the hustle, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we're taking the, the word, you know, um, to the extreme where, you know, where it's hustle, like burnout equals hustle. Like if yeah. you're not, you're, if you're not doing something for whatever project you're working on, it's like, do you even want it? You know, all yeah. those like, yeah. and memes, like go for it. Like Beyonce has 24 hours. I'm like, I hate yeah. that part about Beyonce because be, first of all, yes, Beyonce <laughs> has the same hours that we do, but that woman has a lot of things that I don't. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's that mentality of the rat race, right? Like we're mm-hmm. all about so like one of the things that we 
we focus a lot on Shia Foucault is like, okay, we work, we put in the the time, we expect our community to work, you know, work not hard, but efficient and, mm. you know, work on their dreams. Because if they don't work on their dreams, the, you know, their dreams are not going to just magically happen. Um, exactly. So definitely putting in that work, but also giving yourself grace and space, right? Giving mm. yourself that, that Sunday to just relax and put a paper mask on your face or like watch TV or something, you know, because then you come back stronger and you come back refreshed and wanting to work on your goals. But if you burn yourself out, it's just going to be the same cycle over and over again. Exactly. Exactly. I feel like that's where we, we, we make that, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't know how to make the difference. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you see the difference and like just separate that because it's a lot going on, especially this year with 2020 pandemic, all election year, all of these things, like it it affects, like you think it doesn't, but it does as a collective, you know, like the energy is low and it's really hard to feel inspired and motivated. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's why Yes, and that's why I keep talking about our community at She Alpha, just because these women, like, they inspire me so much, Um, you know, and you being one of them. (laughs) Uh, It's just, like, seeing them work on their goals. And one of the things that we did this year, just to try to keep the morale up and keep, like, that that wanting to work in your dreams and that motivation up is we created a book club out of nowhere. Jenny and I were like, let's make a book club. Her and I had never been in a book club before. And we were just like, let's make a book club. Um, so we started We started it, uh, I want to say, we're on our fourth, about to be in our fourth edition of the book club. And it started just as a thought. And then the one thing that Jenny and I have is that we're professionists. So we're like, this is not just going to be any book club. This is going to be a book club that actually gives our members, you know, that gives them value. Mm-hmm. So for the first book, we read a book. It's called Broken Open by Elizabeth Lesser. And oh my God, Kim, that book is just like, it literally, it is what it sounds. It, it breaks you open. What it, is it? It's called Broken Open by Elizabeth Lesser. Mm, and it was okay. such a perfect time because it was around March. And it was, oh, man. It, yeah, it was talking about our emotions. It was talking about spirituality and dealing with our fears and dealing with the things that break us open and how we can how we can come back from the ashes just like the the phoenix and mm-hmm. and you know and just come back stronger and the beautiful thing about that book it was like it was all timing so it was mm-hmm. timed perfectly we had about 20 women that joined us and then at the end of it we had elizabeth lesser herself join us for the um, for the finale through a zoom call and mm-hmm. it was just so beautiful so mm-hmm. Then from there, we're like, oh, we can do this. Like, we can actually bring the authors to the, you know, to our community. And yeah, and from there, the next book club, we brought the author, we had speakers. Now we're closing our third edition. Uh, We're reading right now uh, The Art of Public Speaking by Dale Carnegie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. we're bringing uh, someone from the Dale Carnegie Institute. We brought speakers. And my point with all this is that. In a time like this, we saw an opportunity and we saw that there was a need in our community to keep that community sense and to keep that like motivation going. So that's what we created during that time of like the pandemic. And it's like I said, we're about to go on our fourth edition and it's just been so successful. And the messages that we get from these women are like, oh, my God, you ladies like made my day and and this is so inspirational and all the speakers that we bring and they're like, you guys keep me going. Um, So it's just beautiful to see hmm. oh that's amazing <laughs> I, need to, I need to join your book club because i love to read and sometimes i have like we started with some friends but then they just fell off and i'm just like all right can we keep yeah consistent? you know no. so, um you should <laughs> yeah 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 i'm gonna check it out i'm definitely gonna check it out but but that's beautiful. I, I love that you guys created that, especially during these hard times, you know, because mm-hmm. a lot of us need the, you know, that sense of like support and love because, you know, a lot of women and not women, I mean, a lot of people out there, uh, they just feel alone. You know, they were not mm-hmm. able to see their loved ones. They, they were not able to go out. And that's one of the things that kept them, I guess, like, you yeah. know, uh, and, uh, sane, right? Mm-hmm. But, and, and a lot of them were like, I can't wait for Tuesday night. This is the highlight of my um, week. You know, it was just like that sisterhood again. You know, I, I, yeah. I said, I learned the, the, 
the sense of sisterhood from my sorority bike in college. And it's the same, the same feel. Like every Tuesday we jump on a Zoom call, we're on camera and we're like, I'm here for you. We're going to, you know, help you develop this skill and we're going to be here for you as a community. And they, they keep coming back like book club after book club, a lot of the women, and they have su- such a sense of pride. And like, I've been part of the community since it started and it's just beautiful to see them grow and flourish and like their businesses going and things like that. So very, yeah. yeah, very fulfilling. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's beautiful. But I was going to say, so, you know, we've been talking about She Alpha. <laughs> I know. We haven't, we haven't said, like, what exactly She Alpha and how how did it start? You yes, know, like, yes. why the name? I mean, the name is amazing. But I want to say that I want to know how do you you girls, uh, you two ladies, sorry, girls, <laughs> like, say, you know what? Let's do a She Alpha. Yeah. So Jenny approached me at the beginning of the year. And she said, I have an idea to do coaching for women and business because Jenny's been in, um, she's a multi-entrepreneur. I've never been an entrepreneur before this. My husband is a multi-entrepreneur as well. And Jenny said, let's start a community to support women entrepreneurs, but it's going to be more like a coaching community. And I was like, you know, I'm all, I'm all for it. Let's do it. Jenny and I, like I said, have been friends for 17 years. I know her longer than my husband. And she's my best friend. Um, so we've been through each other's like ups and downs in life. And Aww. we just know each other so, so well. So That's it was beautiful. a no-brainer. It was a no-brainer for me. But um, so so then it kind of evolved. Like we just, we started the community as like, you know, let's be here to support the community. Women that want to jump in enter- into entrepreneurship. Women that want to climb the corporate ladder. Women that have a vision and a mission. And they just need some guidance. They just need some resources. Um, so Jenny and I are very well connected. And we're like, okay, we're going to connect them with the right people. We're going to get them going. And then from there, it's just turned out to be something bigger than we even imagined. Um, so like I said, we have the book club. We also started a podcast during the pandemic as well, just to bring like those resources again, that motivation, that push that our community a lot of times needs. And then with that, another thing that we do is we connect them with the resources, right? So if, if someone comes and says, hey, I'm trying to open a, a shop, a coffee shop or something like that, we're like, okay, we're not coffee shop experts, but we can tell you how to set up, you know, your business legally, how to, um, you know, how to start monetizing, how to do certain things, and then connect you with people in the community that can also help you. Or if someone mm-hmm. comes to us and says, hey, I'm trying to climb the corporate ladder. I want to get a job on Wall Street, for example. Oh, okay, we know somebody that's a resume expert. He is a job seeker. He'll help you you know, negotiate a salary and things like that. So we're just trying to be that resource that the woman with a vision and a mission needs, right? Mm. And we're also launching another thing that I'm really excited about with She Alpha is we la- we're launching our first product this year uh, well next year and it's not just any product so what we're doing is again giving back to our community the proceeds a lot of the proceeds from the product are going to go back to a grant that we're going to grant to a woman entrepreneur trying to start her own business oh that's beautiful i love that yeah Yeah. so it's just like those things like honestly we you know the monetization of the business comes because we have a purpose behind it and because we are trying to empower and help our community first and then those mm. other things just come so mm. so it's like that mission and vision uh forefront like you guys are part of this community this is a sisterhood we don't have time for you know we don't have time for drama we're, we're gonna get to business we're gonna get you what you need so going back mm. to the book club we did that book on broken open which is like dealing with your feelings and, and all that then we mm. did a book on uh negotiation for women so again mm. it's a skill that's very much needed and then mm. this one on on public speaking and then we continue to just think of like what is our community needing and how can we deliver on it mm. wow yeah that's amazing. I am I'm like, wow, you guys are doing something so great. And I love the fact that you you ladies are implementing the whole sisterhood because you know, I see the word being thrown a, a lot and a lot mm-hmm. of this like, you know, like coaching, you know, bis- like um a business and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. But then I'm like, but I, 
I know you know because you've been in a sorority. And I feel like a lot of things that we learn during our years, you know, and, and like undergrads and just like organizing, you know, events, creating all these things. Like I, mm-hmm. I until this day, until this day, I think of like all the things that I have learned at that time. Yeah. Because yeah. they they were so valuable. Like they literally, they, they built a, a very important part of, of who Kim is. Yes, absolutely. Same for me. And I feel like translating that into the things that we're doing right now and like, you know, not only for like sisterhood, but community as well, right? Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, it's about that. It's about uh, bringing our people together and helping them, you know, succeed. Yeah, pulling each other up in, in that sense of like seeing things through. Like, I feel that that's the number one thing that I got from my sorority is seeing things through finishing what you started right so that that sense of accountability and then bringing each other up like you know we're we're one basically like I cannot like I can have all the drive and 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 my and the world and I can be everything that I want to be but if my community is not succeeding with me if my sisters are not coming up with me then it's gonna feel really lonely up there (laughs) you know so and and it's not gonna be as great as if you did it all together so I carry that with me as well very much so Mm, yeah no I love that I love that yeah so Laura I could continue talking with you for like the rest of the night but I know we both have stuff to do (laughs) and I honestly really really enjoyed this conversation I think you know we spoke a little bit about everything emotions you know like our careers all of the things and I think that you know just being you know career woman and being able to still have those emotions it's like it's such a beautiful and it's such an awakening you know what I mean for yes. us and I feel like I feel like we me and you like we've been going through the same thing so even though like you know you have your kid you know I don't have a kid and stuff but I think like an emotional part because mm-hmm. we always been so um accustomed to, to just go 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 and pick yourself up no matter what right yeah, yeah we left our our emotions and feelings behind and now we're learning to embrace those feelings. Yes, absolutely. And it's, it's just being, you asked about the name of She Alpha, and it's just being, the world is not used to female alphas, right? Mm-hmm. So they have like certain expectations, the world has certain expectation of women. And it's just like, they have no idea how resilient, how, you know, how powerful we are. And that's mm-hmm. the whole point of being an alpha, you know, being in touch with your emotions, dealing with your emotions, but also knowing that you can conquer the world. Like there's no limit. Mm. Exactly. You know, and it's funny. I mean, this could be a, a topic for another episode, but I feel <laughs> like that sometimes people say, oh, you know, you have too much of masculine energy. Like you should be a little bit more feminine. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. I feel like we all have both, you know, we all have both energies, you know, like masculine and feminine. Yes. But sometimes when, when we come off like, oh, we're powerful, we're independent or we're career, you know, oriented and all that, it's kind of like, oh, it's too masculine. Yeah, and sometimes that could seen as a negative thing, and maybe it could it could affect in certain aspects of your life. But I think at the same time, it's like, be what because of what you said that people are not used to see women like in such a powerful you know positions. Yes, so yes. it's very foreign to people to see that they're like, oh no, she's too masculine, you know? Yeah, yeah, and it's embracing like there's a in, in Chinese um, medicine they call it the yin and the yang, and it's embracing mm-hmm. that that masculine and that feminine when it's needed. Like there's mm-hmm. gonna be times when you're gonna have to go and embrace that masculine energy, and there's gonna be times when you're gonna need to embrace your feminine energy, and it's gonna be all about like care um you know catering to your emotions dealing with your emotions and kind of like kind of nurturing yourself and it's okay to be a little bit of both yeah for sure for sure but anyway laura thank you so much for uh, this amazing conversation i really really enjoy it and hopefully we can do another you know episode together maybe with jen next time yes yes absolutely i really really enjoyed our conversation as well thanks kim no, thank you. So we'll hopefully, you know, we'll we'll talk soon, okay? Okay. Thanks. All right. Take care. Bye.
Oh my God, I really, really enjoyed this cheese with Laura. Thank you so much once again for joining me in today's episode. I love the fact that we were able to share our experiences as immigrants, firstborn child, our recover, uh, overachiever, you know, <laughs> stories. And, and just, you know, knowing that we are able to be career-driven woman, being the alpha woman, but at the same time, being in tune with our feelings and respect that and honor that space for not only our souls, for, but for other, you know, our fellow women out there. So thank you. Thank you. I hope whoever's listening out there got something from this episode and just get, you know, got empowered and inspired by it. So with that being said, I wish you an amazing rest of the week. Uh, remember to surround yourself with good vibes, wear your mask and be authentic. I will talk to you next time. Ciao.